0: This is an ohs.com.au production. Welcome to episode 61 of the Australian Health and Safety Business Podcast. I'm Brendan Terazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm with Aaron Schultz from Outback Mind Foundation. Good morning, Aaron. How are you? Very well, mate. How are you? great great it's good to have you on the show so you were just saying that your outback mind is has it recently become a charity or is it a foundation or tell us a bit about what you're doing yeah uh
1: basically it's um uh, a health a health promotion charity um p- pretty much set up to to support men's mental health in regional australia uh, I started outback mind in two thousand and nineteen uh, when I was back in victoria um there were lots of issues there with um uh, men's mental health and male suicide, so I sort of started to do a few things, but previous to that, I um, was in Tasmania, um, I've managed male-dominated workforces for, uh, pretty much my whole life, and um, uh, I've seen lots of uh, lots of battles uh, with guys over the years, uh, I was doing some men's stuff when I was back in Tassie, um, sort of, you know, some men's well-being stuff, but Going back about 20 years, um, working in that space, um, I noticed that a lot of employers put a lot of emphasis on health and safety, but I didn't put a lot on uh, on the wellbeing of their people. So I decided back then that something needed to be done and uh, slowly sort of chipped away at um, doing my bit to be able to support men's uh, you know, uh, mental health um, in the workplace, but also outside the workplace as well. And so how
0: do you get started with something like that? Like, what's the first step? Because... I mean typically it's a stereotype but guys I guess generally find it a bit harder to open up about you know more emotional or mental well-being how do you, how do you get started and and what's the appetite like from your cohorts that you go through your program
1: Yeah mate um really interesting question um uh, uh, guys from 15 to, to 85 you know primarily that um that come and uh, and get a hands um I, you know, I've been really lucky because I've I've worked across all different demographics, um, all different you know levels of socio-economic platform. Um, I've worked with guys in prisons before previously. I, I one of the, one of the big biggest things that I did was actually learn, um, uh, you know, mindfulness practices, but also your meditation and yoga, so to be able to sort of uh, help guys de-escalate primarily. So, um. Uh, you know, to be able to, you know, help, help, help them use their bodies, to be able to settle their mind, I think is really key. Um, you know, we've got to prepare ourselves for good mental health. We just don't, um, don't expect it. You know, we've got to actually do some work to be able to keep ourselves, um, you know, balanced above the shoulders, I believe. And um, uh, depending on, you know, the circumstances and the traumas and so forth that people have been uh, through uh, on their journey, um, just to find compassion for that, and be able to you know uh, help them be able to make some progress and uh, and build some stability and um, uh, I suppose some routine in their lives is really key. That's that that doesn't discriminate across any age. You know, there's things we need to do as guys, um, you know, every day which help keep us balanced and grounded. I, I really believe that. You know, particularly in modern society because we've become so stimulated.
0: Yeah, like my view is is that most people get the need to be physically healthy, like you know, go to the gym, do exercise. But the because you can't see the mental stuff, often it gets ignored. And so it's just equally as important as you're saying to be doing a little bit every day to keep
1: your mental health. For sure. Absolutely, mate. And, uh, you know, you look at the workplace too. I'm trying to do what I can to be able to encourage employers to, uh, to put more into um, the wellbeing of their people. Like, with, with yoga, I've been really lucky with regards to what that's, that's been able to do to my own body, but I've been able to sort of help a lot of guys, you know, correct things within themselves. But uh, what, uh, what's really important is the injury injury prevention side of things. So, you know, you go to work and you're not getting prepared for work physically and mentally. Like, if we can spend 10 minutes to be able to prepare a team uh, in their toolbox to be able to help them you know, get out uh, in the workplace more balanced, then the risk of physical and psychological injury is um, reduced you know, significantly, I think. So this is where we've got to start to turn the corner. It's something I'm really passionate about. And so what was your,
0: I guess, juncture point that sort of made you go down this road? Typically, I see there's something that's maybe happened earlier in your life that inspired you to to give back. So sure, was, then, was was there something
1: that happened to you personally, or yeah, I'd like there was wake up calls a lot along the years, uh, through the years, like between two thousand and say one and two thousand and nine, uh, climbing the corporate ladder uh, and just chasing and thinking that happiness come from the, the amount of money I was earning and the the level of role that I had, and you know, I was made redundant a couple of times um, through that period. And uh, in 2008, I think it was, I was made redundant. I felt totally flat. Um, you know, there was no psychological care from the employer. Um, there was a bit of a, you know, a rollout of redundancies throughout the, the country. And, and I'd made this company a lot of money, put a lot of my heart and soul into it. And uh, it was just a phone call, which uh, is what we're doing, see you later. And, you know, I was just left like feeling totally, um, totally lost went home to my wife and didn't really get a lot of support and I just felt like I, I the only thing I could do was take my life, you know? So, uh, so basically, um, uh, you know, thankfully that never happened. But um, one thing that did uh, occur was I went to the GP and the GP said to me, this was way back before mental health was a thing, said you can do two things. You can take tablets or exercise. So I chose to start moving my body and started to push myself through things and that helped me and, um, uh, primarily, um, you know, I was very lucky to have a GP that gave me that option because a lot of them just put you on, on pills and uh, it's not the right way to go. I think we can do so many good things uh, uh, as humans to be able to self-regulate. We've just got to have the right guidance. That's what sort of got me more curious around what I could do to keep myself physically and mentally well, but also what I can do to help, um, uh, I suppose, encourage others to do the same. Mm. So, what does the Outback
0: Mind program look like at the moment? Is it, yeah. a, progr- is it a program, or is it workshops, or what? What do you, What's the practical things you do?
1: Yeah, good question. Uh, it's, it's it's evolving, but primarily it's around workplace wellbeing. So to be able to go in and uh, and do some education around it. Um, so go in and speak about um, you know what what is good physical and mental health to to, to staff members. Also, what I want to do, which I'm starting to do a bit more now, of, is domestic violence education and uh, prevention. So to be able to go in there and talk about this, uh, you know, to male-dominated work, workforces because where I live here in central Queensland and throughout Queensland, you know, 70% of the prisons are full of um, people that have committed uh, domestic violence offences and I don't think we're doing much on the pre side. We're doing a lot on the, on the reactive side, you know, so when someone does something we punish them, but let's actually do something which actually helps them um, uh, be more, a little bit more aware of their emotions and this is something that I'm, I'm really passionate about and specialising is to be able to help you know, guys learn how to 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 self-regulate, um, and if you can do that, then the uh, episodes of offences aren't aren't as uh, aren't as relevant or or as often, and, um, and that's something that I want to do more and more of um, into the future. That's for sure.
0: So, with the workplaces that you're visiting, is there a I don't know, like a a typical workplace that's open to this, or are you finding that the you know I don't know, maybe the pandemics, yeah, um, accelerated this as well, where employers know that you know that employees are hard to keep and so you want you want to be looking after them to make sure that um there's a reason to keep coming back
1: that's right and 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 you know to be honest with you 95 percent of employers are still ambivalent you know they're only worried about productivity and uh, so forth and not really uh, investing in this side of things um you know i really believe um that's got to change you've got to Make your business transformational rather than transactional. And too many businesses are transactional. They're only worried about you know giving people good good dollars and thinking that's that's everything. But it's not. There's no soul in that. You know you've got to be able to do something to actually show that you believe in and support an employee. That's really what we're missing uh, in the workplace these days. So I think because uh, you know that was there once upon a time. You know in the, the 70s and 80s everyone was valued in the workplace. But we seem to have lost that.
0: mm and so you mentioned
1: prisons. Is that work that you're still doing or? Yeah, not anymore. Unfortunately, uh, I chose to not be vaccinated and I couldn't go in uh, after December, but uh, uh, primarily my interest came uh, in uh, in Tasmania. Um, one of the guys that was employed by me went in, uh, went and visited him. Um, I was actually working as a health advisor with the Tassie government. So so to give you a, you know, a bit of a snapshot, I've um, I, I managed the male-dominated workforce for a long time, had a strong interest in workplace well-being. Uh, the Tass- Tassie government employed me to look after uh, the uh, employee well-being of their, of their people. Um, and a lot of them were, uh, were having, um, uh, I suppose, um, episodes of stress. So uh, to be able to do what I could to put interventions in place to reduce that stress And that was challenging because, you know, the surgeons all the way down to the cleaners had problems uh, with regards to their workload. So going into the prisons um, come from that. uh, uh, I spoke to the governor at Brisbane Prison in Hobart and I said, I want to take 12 people and make them better people than what they were when they arrived. Um, So I started to do a program around, you know, diet, exercise, meditation, um, you know, what it is that makes them feel good, what makes them happy and give them a journey so they can actually come out of prison uh, with some skills to be able to be more, uh, I suppose, conscious of their decisions. And I don't believe any of those guys are pretty offended, but um, a lot of the guys that go in, I think it's, it's maybe 47% go back. So you know, that's where we've got a, a, a you know, a real job to do um, as well. So you know, in prison might employ people for work, but there's so much more, sorry, it might educate more people for work, but primarily, there's so much more we could do to be able to, you know, help them with their, their physical and mental health while they're in there, you know. Mm. Uh, but I was, I'm really interested in that, to be able to sort of help uh, turn things around uh, in that space as well. And mind you, you know, Brendan, the, the, the guards and the guys that are working in that system are very, very stressed and anxious themselves, you know. So there's got to be work uh, from the correctional side of things to be able to look after their people. Otherwise, they they, uh, they lose them because they're stressed and anxious.
0: Yeah. Well, when you think about it, uh, prison is an ideal time to take up meditation or yoga. You've got you probably have a bit of time. You've got a fair bit of solitude and and self reflection as well. So it, it actually makes a lot of sense to use that as a foundational piece to help you while you're in, and then potentially you know give you some skills once you leave.
1: Absolutely, yes, and not to be able to go back to the old habits and you know the old. um old community that maybe um, you know wasn't that supportive of you so so yeah to be able to help guys with that is uh, is really key uh, it's worked in other countries and we're sort of way behind the eight ball here in Australia but mm. I really believe um, you know I just think having these conversations what we're having today is important because it actually like starts to raise the conversation with others out there and then people start to um, you know, put some um, some thought around, uh, you know, this as being, a, you know, a, an opportunity to be able to transform people's lives rather than just keep them punished. Mm. So
0: does mental wellness in the workplace, does it start with government? Are they, like, is that an employer that is receptive to this kind of work or are you finding there's, I don't know, normally there might be a specific sector that's more
1: open to it? yeah mate absolutely no they're uh, look you know mining and so forth do their bit but there's not really a lot um you know that's working in that space you know a lot of band-aid fixes yeah production's uh, sort of doing pretty well but uh still a long way to go uh, so yeah look you know even even corporate world what collar world is stressing people out consistently so you know We're not doing much and there's very few employees that are actually like embracing a cultural well-being, you know, and having conversations with people first and foremost about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, how are you? Uh, you know, doing a, doing a, uh, you know, I suppose we're bringing a culture in where it's it's actually embodied by the the, the, the CEO, or the leader, and that's sort of filtered in through the workplace. You know, some employees have got it really well, like Virgin Blue and Google and all those. Uh, they've got plenty of money, obviously too, but. Um, uh, you know, just to be able to do some things I think is really important. You know, barbecue and that's great, but let's do things that are, can actually help the body and mind uh, become more harmonised. I think that's where we can start to increase productivity but more importantly increase happiness and uh, that happiness fills is out in the community. I think that's where we've uh, gone off track uh, considerably over the last couple of decades.
0: So if you're an employer listening and you want to do, say you don't have a budget, uh, what what can you do something simple that, might start you on this journey. Like I don't know, maybe you got ten to twenty five people, or I don't know. I'm yep. just trying. I'm just trying to, have, I guess, have a bit of a brainstorm. What little change employers could make that could make you know, could have a big impact.
1: If I was a manager of a, of a team of twenty to twenty five people, I would spend ten minutes at the start of the day sitting around talking uh, to everybody and in a group. How are you going? And, and just start a conversation. And then maybe every Wednesday we're going to do a stretching session before we start work. And then we're going to maybe do a meditation session um, the next Wednesday before we start work and actually break the week up by doing something a little bit differently. You know, and all of a sudden notice the change in, you, in your, your productivity throughout that day but also notice the change in your people. Mm. Um, doing things like that it uh, makes a huge difference. So I've, I've been into some very um, – uh, you know, hardcore blue collar environments where guys are tough and leaning and the arms are crossed. And I've had them, you know, letting go to be able to, you know, feel better through their body. And all of a sudden they walk out of the, of the room uh, really, really focused and they're actually talking to their their mates and that sort of thing. And, you know, um, they stay, they go through the day, um, you know, quite smoothly, but if someone's agitated and they whacking a coffee in and a red bull on that before they start work, they're, the risk to them physically and mentally is, um, is a lot more significant, you know. So this is the stuff that um, is really relevant and makes sense, but it's ignored. So, you know, to an employer, just do something small like that, to start with and just notice, you know, track what's going on. We're really good at capturing data and all that sort of stuff, but, you know, we need to sort of look at this uh, more seriously and actually, like, look at what, um, what the benefits are, um, you know, uh, for us uh, personally, but also for our teams.
0: So it sounds like workplaces are generally open to this sort of thing, even they might have a tough exterior or, you know, if they can learn some basic things that, you know, that, that story you just gave of the the tough blue-collar workforce with the arms crossed and then they're chatting to their friends or their colleagues afterwards. Like,
1: Well, I was pretty uh, – I, I went, into, went into that one a little bit differently. I was actually working as a um, – workplace um, health and safety advisor for a grain handling facility at the time. Right. So uh, I never encouraged it. The boss uh, of the organization saw in something in me because he knew I was a yoga teacher and uh, was quite calm. And he said, uh, how about coming into the toolbox and starting to do a few things? And that's how that eventuated. But if I was knocking on the door and said, I'm such and such from the Outback Mind Foundation, would you like me to come and do something? I would have told me to piss off. So, <laughs> uh, so, 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 yeah, so I went in through the back door. But, yeah, um, yeah like I, I've got a really good reference from that company uh, about the work that I did. Mm. Um, that company I had some financial problems uh, later on and uh, let a lot of people go. But um, uh, but basically, uh, yeah, I know it works, you know. Uh, it really does. I've been... You get back to the prisons. I've been in a room of uh, agitated minds. You know, guys that have got some serious, uh, you know, uh, traumas. uh, You know, some major offences. But if you can show help, uh, help guys, and show people how to be calm and how to sort of you know relax, then it doesn't discriminate. So if we can get people in a workplace to a state of uh, feeling that sort of relaxation before they go onto a job, I think it's it significantly significantly changes the. the, uh, the uptake of physical uh, injury throughout the day, but also, you know, keeping them more grounded and balanced uh, so they leave the workplace um, a little bit more self-aware so they're actually not going and, you know, getting into the drugs and the booze, um, which is a huge problem, as you know.
0: Mm. And and so why set up your business as a, a foundation as opposed to just a normal business?
1: Yeah, good question. I, I really believe that I, I need to take a, um, a, a softer approach with this, you know. I'm not I'm not doing this for for profit for myself, uh, you know. I want to be able to to work more with uh, industry and organisations from a charitable um, level to be able to you know show them that there's uh, that there's benefits to be able to do this sort of stuff for sure, you know. So so financially, I've I've gone you know backwards a long way. Um, but uh, I know the work that I need to do in the future is important and I want to be able to, you know, uh, grow people like me throughout every state and territory that can actually get out there and do this work. So to be able to do that um, with more, um, you know, industry uh, and more employers is really important. So you know, going going down that path uh, now is something that's really um um, you know, uh, I suppose important for me as a 50-year-old uh, because I've certainly gone through the whole journey and, um, you know, I want to be able to do what I can to give back now. Um, and, you know, having a charity uh, was something I hadn't really contemplated, but um, certainly uh, I believe it's a, it's a good way to go to be able to, um, you know, help businesses that... Um, that may be able to do um, uh, with with a hand and maybe struggling financially can sort of, you know, chip in uh, through donations um, and then for us to be able to give some support back through those donations um, is a win-win. You know, lots of charities um, take a lot, but they don't give anything back. I was talking to an organisation the other day. They gave a million dollars to John Blue through something and I asked them what they got back and they got nothing, you know. So... Um, if I was able to do some things for that community or for those workplaces, uh, that network uh, that can help them, uh, that, that spreads out, you know, uh, from, from that workplace. So uh, that's why I, I've sort of set it up to, to, to function the way that it is.
0: And so uh, the future of the charity, is it to train other people? You, you mentioned other states. Is that the plan to train other people like you in each state to be able to deliver programs?
1: Absolutely love to, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to hear from like-minded people, um, you know, in other areas that uh, we can form this collaboration and to be able to, you know, uh, help them uh, with some employment. We're not financially strong enough at the moment. We really need sponsors to come on board with us, you know, some, some organisations that provide goods and services in regional communities um, that, that believe um, in what we're doing uh, and to be able to help us along the way. Uh, and that can help uh, us to be able to you know, spread what we do, to be able to um, grow and support um, other areas as well. So I'm, I've, I've been living off savings for a while. You know, I, uh, I get out and do a bit and I, I don't really take a wage from what I'm doing. Uh, but, um, you know, I know that will change in the future. So um, I haven't, uh, haven't been chasing profit like I would as if I was in a business. So I'm more focused on, you know, helping this charity evolve and, uh, and doing it for the right reasons.
0: Mm. So has it been pretty tricky in the last few years then with the pandemic to get out there or is that actually open doors now that we're in 2022
1: and things have passed over a bit? Yeah, I believe so. People are thinking differently. Um, there's, there's no doubt about that. You know, people are more uh, open to to change, but it's still taking um, a bit of work um, to be able to sort of convince organisations that they need to invest in this area. So in central Queensland here, you know, there's a lot of government funding for women's health, but there's nothing for men's health. So I don't get any support from any of those sort of mechanisms, you know. Oh, uh,
0: wow. I, that, that's surprising. I, I would have thought that men's health would have been an issue.
1: Yeah, it is, but there's no, no support yeah, for it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So you, yeah. that involves, I guess, lobbying government to what, show that there's a requirement or...?
1: Yeah, for sure, definitely. I need to start having conversations with, um, with uh, I suppose, the key uh, people in the area uh, to, to, to maybe do what we can about this. And um, uh, You probably prompted me to uh, contact the local member and actually have a conversation with him at some point in time because I think it's important.
0: Yeah, I'd imagine there's pockets of funding around for stuff like this. It's just about uncovering where those buckets are and...
1: Yes, where it can come from. That's right. Yeah. 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 So it's new for me. You know, I I haven't been in the space of, of having to look for grants or funding before, you know. So um, so anyone that's listening to this can give me some guidance around that. I'd be grateful. Um, I think there's, um, there's definitely some support out there with regards to it um, and, uh, yeah, do what I can to be able to chase uh, um, you know, chase some funding, which can really help us get out there and do the work.
0: Mm, amazing. All right, Aaron, well, thanks so much for coming on the show today and tell us, uh, tell us all about what you're doing, the great work that you're doing. If people want to find out a little bit more about Outback Mind Foundation, what's your website?
1: Yeah, it's uh, outbackmind.org.au. It's also the Outback Mind podcast, um, and that's that has that a lot of stories of lived experience from people that have come through, um, you know, various challenges. A lot of sports people and uh, musicians, and just general general people off the street, farmers, and so forth. Uh, so do that. Also, another thing that I meant to mention: um, the men's circles uh, that we do um, are really, really strong and powerful. Um, and if there's anyone listening that's in a community throughout uh, Australia that would like to potentially set up a, a men's circle in their area, uh, be keen to have a chat about that. Um, that's that's sort of voluntary at the moment, but I'm hoping that some funding will come to be able to support that as well. Um, uh, that that in essence has been able to you know significant, significantly significantly uh, help mental health challenges in the area, uh, particularly through COVID. But also, um, you know, it's helped stop and divert suicides. Um, you know, um, within the within the people that come to these, um, it's just been such a, a life-changing things for them. A thing for them, particularly guys, when something goes wrong in their life, they haven't really got new outlet. Um, you know, other than using drugs and alcohol or going to the pub, to come to these things to be able to learn and to build capacity is really important. So I know the power of uh, of that, and if anyone wants to maybe look at um, doing something in their area, we've got a good framework now that we've uh, developed that we can actually start to implement. So you've got a, a guide uh, to work towards, and, um, you know, to have the support of a group uh, I think it's really key. So it's good to have a chat about that. All right, Aaron, thanks so much. No worries, mate. Appreciate it.
0: You've been listening to an ohs.com.au production. I hope you've been enjoying listening to the podcast. If you are, it'd be great if you could help us out by leaving us a review and sharing this with friends and colleagues.